Hare Krishna. Sorry, a little late today, but um, better late than never, as they say. <clears throat> so, uh, so let's begin. Um, today we're doing, we're going to study the Bhagavatam 1, 7, 29, Canto 1, Chapter 7, Text 29. We'll begin there. And thank you for joining me and us. So, um, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, uh, sorry. Sutu Vacha. Shutva Bhagavata Praktam. Palgunat Paraviraha Sprishtvapastang Parikramya Brahmang Brahmastrang Sandade. So, uh, Prabhupada's translation, Sri Sutta Goswami said, Hearing this from the personality of Godhead, Arjuna touched water for purification and after circumambulating Lord Sri Krishna, he cast his Brahmastra weapon to counteract the other one. So I'll just uh, briefly look at the Sanskrit here. Oh my God. Uh, so uh, Sutu Vacha, Sutta said, Shutva Bhagavata Proktang having heard what the Lord said, and it's not just uktam, which would be said, it's actually proktam, which means sort of declared. It's a little stronger than just uktam. That hearing what the Lord had said, uh, one second, just to make sure people don't call me. So, shutva bhagavata proktam, hearing what the Lord had stated, uh, Falguna, Arjuna, Paraviraha, the uh, slayer of the enemy heroes or opposing warriors, Prabhupada says. Uh, para is an interesting word in Sanskrit. Uh, para, in the simplest sense, can mean the other. Like, for example, you find in the Bhagavatam. Oh. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of a class. I'll call you back. That, that was the easiest thing rather than let it ring. So, Palguna Paraviraha. Uh, para means the other, so it can mean uh, like one's own and the other. Swa para. Uh, swa para deheshu. For example, it, uh, the Lord is in our own body and in the bodies of others. I think that's in the Gita. So, uh, para can be the opposite of swa or atma, like one's own and then the other. But because it means the other, it can also mean the enemy, like the one who's not with you, he's against you. Or it can also mean transcendental, because not this world, the other world, or that which is not part of the material world. We are in the material, well, we are souls at the present time doing business as bodies or in the material dimension, but that other dimension, which is beyond, which is outside of this material realm, is transcendental or beyond. And so 
Para in Sanskrit has all those meanings, like paraloka, or another form of the word para is, of course, parama, as in paramatma, or paraloka, the world beyond. And here we just, it just means the enemy, or the opposing person. Para vira. Vira, of course, is warrior or hero. Para vira ha, the killer of opposing warriors. And then sprishtwa, having touched apas, water. Again, achman. Because it's not simply a ritual. Uh, that's what's interesting here. Arjun didn't have a lot of time. Uh, he was under serious time constraints because his nuclear cloud was coming at him. And therefore, he did not touch water just because it was a ritual. He touched water because that was actually an integral part of launching a weapon. Uh, touching water, uh, quickly purifying uh, the body. And, and so the fact that there's a relationship between purity of the body and power to, in this case, launch a weapon, or it could be the power to perform a Vedic sacrifice, or it could be the power to worship deities, where, of course, you have to do Achman, you have to touch water. And so, uh, because cleanliness, Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita, is the mode of goodness, and the mode of goodness, consciousness becomes clear, and unless someone's in clear consciousness, they can't really perform these things properly, because in launching these weapons, uh, one has to be fully concentrated. Uh, it's even said earlier that before Ashwatthama launched his weapon, he also did this. He also did Ashwan, and he also focused himself. And so touching water is a practical element of the process. It's not just a ritual. Sprishtwa apas means water. So sprishtwa apas, having touched water, tang parikramya. And he circumambulated uh, Krishna. So it's very interesting. He's touching water. Here, this nuclear cloud, which is the way I would describe it, it's moving at the speed of a cloud. So it's this this cloud of nuclear fire. It's like a cloud of fire. Uh, it's almost a uh, biblical image from the New Testament. Uh, the uh, what do they call that? Um, Revelations. So. And then he's, he circumambulates Krishna. Why is he taking the time to do these things? Because, in a sense, he's he's getting into a certain consciousness, which will, which is essential to release the weapon. Of course, we can assume that uh, Ashwatthama did not circumambulate even a little deity of Krishna before throwing his weapon. So why is Arjuna doing it? Uh, Arjuna is going to throw a superior weapon. Arjun is going to counteract the other one. And so in that sense, it's more powerful. And uh, he is deriving power from Krishna, not in a selfish way, but as a pure devotee of Krishna. And so our worship of Krishna is empowering. We become empowered by the sincerity of our worship of Krishna. So Brahman, Brahmastram, Sandade. Literally, so he, he, it's understood he released the weapon. Brahman is the same thing. It means, anyway, I'm going to all the grammar, but it means the Brahmastra. And so, sun to day, sun means together, as in Sankirtan, and the day means he put, replaced. So he, he joined, he joined the two Brahmastra weapons because Arjun could throw his, let's say, I mean, Ashwatthama threw his weapon, 
Arjun could just throw another weapon and then you just have two Brahmastras floating around. That's not what happened. Arjun was so skilled that he actually threw his Brahmastra right into the other one and they merged. Now, once the two Brahmastras merged, Arjun then had power over them. Unlike Ashwatthama, uh, Arjun knew how to retract, how to withdraw the weapon. And so the way he's going to withdraw Ashwatthama's weapon, the way he's going to destroy it is he's going to fuse, another nuclear term, he's going to fuse his Brahmastra into Ashwatthama, so they're inseparable, and so whatever Arjuna does to his weapon will happen to the other one too, because they're joined, Sandate. And so he fuses them, and then he's going to pull them both back. So uh, brilliant military technique here. Have to really admire it. So, Sanghatyanyon Yamubhayos Tejasi Shadasambrate. Avritya Rodasi Kancha Babridhater Kavanivat. So it's this is quite a spectacular event. So Sanghatya Anyonyam Ubayos Tejasi Shadasang Brate. So Sanghatya means when they struck each other. It, it, sanghatya can mean joining, but in the sense of striking each other, like a sort of a a somewhat violent coming together, sanghatya. Uh, because hatya by itself means to strike, so striking each other, combining. Prabhupada says by combination of, but it has that special sense of striking each other and combining. Sanghatya anyonyang, each other. Anyonyang means each other. Anya literally means another or other. So anya, anyam means like one to another. So each other. Sanghatyanyonyam Ubayas of both then, so they mutually they're coming rushing together, and then Ubayos of both Tejasi, which is a dual word, Tejas. Tejas means splendor. And uh, Tejasi is the dual, it means the two splendors or the two glares or these two fiery glows. Shada Sambrate, which are both sort of in, in, enveloped in, in, in in, in these weapons and each other, Abritya, covering road to sea. Uh, road to sea means kind of like heaven and earth. It's it, anyway, won't go into the grammar, but it means like heaven and earth. So heaven and earth are just covered by these two nuclear glows, or it's not just a glow, it's this blaze by these two nuclear blazes. Kung Cha and all of space. So heaven, earth, space, it's just, wow, imagine seeing this. And then Babridhate Arkavaniva, and it began growing. So when they first come together, it's not that they rush together, you get this like astronomical, literally astronomical blaze that's covering heaven and earth and, 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 and space. <clears throat> uh, that's bad enough. But it's they they were growing babridhate again it's a dual verb the two were growing so you know it always gets worse before it gets better right so at first they're just it's glowing and arkavanivat like like sun fires like the fire of the sun so uh, 
because of course here on earth we have sunshine which often can be pleasant this is not sunshine this is sun fire this is sun fire arkavani and so imagine the fire on the sun on the surface of the sun or that's not pleasant sunshine there's no there's no known suntan lotion that would protect you on the surface of the earth you know it's not like okay just put an extra layer of suntan lotion uh, so this is like the sun fire, the actual fire of the sun. It was growing like that. Both, both weapons were growing. So it's not over yet because the, both weapons are actually growing. So Drishtvastra Tejas Tutayos Trilokan Pradahan Mahat Dayamana Prajasarva Samvartakam Amangsata so seeing Drishtwa, astrategist to the seeing the um, weapon fire, the missile fire. Astra really means, like I said, from the verb us to hurl. So it's like it means missile in Sanskrit. So seeing the missile fire, indeed, of both of both these weapons, Trilokan Pradhan Mahat, this great fire that was burning up the three worlds, Dayamana Prajasarva and all creatures were being burned by it. This is a very serious incident. Prajasarva means all creatures, dayamana, being burned in that fire. Samvartakam amangsata. So uh, all the creatures that saw it thought that it must be samvartakam, like the annihilation, like the worlds are being destroyed now. That's how heavy it was. People thought it's the time of annihilation. The worlds are going to be destroyed. Prajopadravamalaksha Loka Vyati Karangchatam Matangcha Vasudevasya Sanjahar Arjuna Doyam. So, why did Arjuna wait? He's now going to withdraw. Why did he wait? Because logically, you could say that Arjun needs to make sure, Arjun needs to make sure that the two weapons are really completely locked in together. Because if Arjun withdrew his weapon too early, too soon, the other weapon would not be withdrawn. The other Brahmastra would still continue, or at least part of it. For example, I mean, this is a visual thing. Imagine if Arjun's weapon had only partially merged or partially locked onto Ashwatthama's weapon and then Arjun withdrew it, he could pull off a piece of Ashwatthama's weapon, or maybe they would just unlock again. So Arjun is waiting He's waiting until the weapons are completely inseparable. The two weapons are completely merged. They're in a sense becoming like one nuclear blaze. And once they are inseparable, then he can actually withdraw both of them. So this is, um, if you read the Sanskrit closely, think about it, you can understand what's actually going on here. So, um, so recognizing, alaksha is something like recognizing. 
praja upadravam, the the danger to to, to all creatures. Prajo praja upadravam, prajopadravam alaksha loka bhyati karangchatam and the uh, destruction of the world, matangcha vasudevasya, and recognizing the wish of Vasudev, matam, from the Sanskrit verb man, to think, so the thought, like, okay, what's Krishna thinking? What does Krishna want? Matangcha vasudevasya, sanjahar, arjuna doyam. So finally, arjuna sanjahara, he withdrew dvayam, the two weapons, dvaya, like in uh, English we have dual duality, so dvaya means the two. Arjun withdrew both weapons. So, uh, happy ending here. And then let's see if we can get the next verse. There it is, tata asadya tarasa. Then, tataha, at that point, asadya, uh, approaching, tarasa, quickly, quickly approaching, darunam, the very dangerous and, and the malicious, really, gotami sutam, the, the dangerous and, and sort of wicked minded uh, son of gotami, the son, uh, that's his mother's name, gotami. Of, of Kripi, Babanda, he tied him up. Babanda means like he bound him. The English word bind, bound, Sanskrit Babanda, same word. He bound him, he arrested him, he tied him up. Amarshat, Tamraksha, and his eyes are sort of red with rage. That's the idea. His eyes are red with rage. Amarshat, Tamraksha. Pashun Rasanayajata, he tied him up with ropes like an animal. So no more, you're my guru's son. Arjun treats him like an animal and just ties him up the way you tie up an animal. So Arjun is really, really angry. So Shiviraya Ninishantam. So wanting to take him back to their camp, their military camp, Shibi does, their military camp. And Inishantam, so, uh, so Arjun is wanting to take him back to the military camp, Rajwa Badwari Pungbalat, having uh, tied him up, roped him and tied him up the enemy, he's now referred to as an enemy uh, by force, just tying him up. Praharjunam Prakupito. Krishna is, is now Krishna's very angry. And uh, Praha, he said to Arjun, Praharjunam Prakupito Bhagavanam Bhujachana, the Lord Krishna who has lotus eyes. And of course, Prabhupada points out that Arjun's eyes are furious. Krishna's lotus eyes. So he's showing anger but he's still the complete he's the detached transcendental supreme lord so he's actually lotusside Prabhupada says both arjuna and lord sri krishna are described here in an angry mood but arjuna's eyes were like balls of red copper whereas the eyes of the lord were like lotuses this means that the angry mood of arjuna 
and that of the Lord are not on the same level. The Lord is transcendence, and thus he is absolute in any stage. His anger is not like the anger of a conditioned living being within the modes of qualitative material nature. Because he is absolute, both his anger and pleasure are the same. His anger is not exhibited in the three modes of material nature. It is only a sign of his bent of mind towards the cause of his devotee, because that is his transcendental nature. Therefore, even if he is angry, the object of anger is blessed. He is unchanged in all circumstances. That's a brilliant purport. So, Arjun, Krishna says to Arjuna, maybe we'll end here for today. Mainam partarhasitratum, uh, which means part Arjuna, uh, you should not release him. In other words, spare him, actually, in English, that would be the right word here. Mainam partarhasitratum, you should not spare him. In other words, kill him. Brahmabandhum imangjahi, kill this uh, so-called brahmana. Again, Brahma Bandhu, so he's literally a friend of a brahman, but it's that's kind of how in Sanskrit, that's how you say so-called, as we would say in English. Mainam paratharasitratum arjun, you should not spare him, kill this so-called brahman. Jyosavanagasaksuptanavadhinishivalakan He who, Ashwatthama, he who uh, killed at night uh, the sinless, sinless sleeping boys. Yosav and Nagasak Suptan. Suptan means sleeping, and Nagasak, which means inoffensive. They weren't fighting, they were just sleeping. Which back in that Vedic culture, that was just it was unthinkable. It was an unthinkable atrocity to kill your enemy while they're sleeping. It, it violated everything in the Kshatriya Code. It was at night, in the dark, they were sleeping, so it was just, it was an unthinkable, unprecedented uh, atrocity. Jyosavanagasaksuptan avadin ishivalakan. So, so Arjun, Krishna here tells Arjun, why are you tying him up? Just kill him. Interesting. So we'll find out what happens next week, hopefully. And there are some questions I'll take a look at. Uh, let's see. One question. Does this nuclear event align with any mass extinctions? Align with any mass extinctions on the Earth? Uh, no, because ultimately it was not a nuclear event. It was almost. In other words, it's like the, the missiles were, the missile was launched, but it never landed. Arjun was able, sort of like a Arjun was able to counteract the missile. So that's a very interesting question. Like, you know, now one thing about the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs actually, according to science, lived on the earth about 60 million years before these events took place. Devotees always ask, like, because that's one example of. Uh, you know, where something, the scientists say, okay, there were dinosaurs, and, uh, but why aren't they mentioned in our literature, sacred literature? Well, according to what I just looked up, um, 
dinosaurs became as extinct uh, 66 million years ago. And the Bhagavatam is talking about events 5,000 years ago. And even if you think of yuga cycles, so according to science, uh, the dinosaurs became extinct tens of millions of years before the events described in the Bhagavatam. And so you could say, well, for example, the Bhagavatam, Mahabharata, they describe the creation of previous ages. But again, that just becomes linguistic because uh, there are words describing that uh, in, in the Shastra, Mahabharata, Bhagavatam, other Purana, describing the creation of different species. And to some extent, we are guessing or assuming what those words mean today. There are descriptions of creatures, and we don't really understand what the creatures were. We don't really have pictures of them. And so is it possible that, let's say, in describing how Brahma created the universe or how he created the earth, that some of the Sanskrit words that we do not fully understand today uh, actually refer to dinosaurs? Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. Uh, there's no obvious reason why it's impossible. But dinosaurs did become extinct, according to the, you know, the science we have today, 66 million years ago. Okay, so uh, thank you very much. Uh, not a long class today, but hope it wasn't too bad. And uh, hope we'll see you. I won't see you next week, but I hope you'll see me next week. I hope we can all do this again next week. Hare Krishna.